Witches and mortals seldom do mix, but when mixed marriage is on the cards, insanity pursues with the classic 60s sitcom Bewitched with your co-hosts, Vicky Ray, Rod Labby, and Keith Chandler. Witches have never been so exposed before. Hello, welcome to the Generations Podcast, and today we're discussing Bewitch Season 1, Episodes 25 through 28. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Jesse Fultz with us. Hello, Jesse. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Wake up, Jess. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> and we got Vicki Ray. Hello, Vicki. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And myself, Keith Chago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to since last time we spoke to you, starting with Vicki. What have you been up to? Not much. Um... Well, Texas is kind of open again, so we're trying to, you know, get get back to where we were before all this other crazies happen. Um, Asher's doing the, all of his nationals and racing season for BMX is back in, so we've been kind of, you know, shut in with that and um, just watching my usual Netflix and waiting patiently to take Asher to go see King Kong versus Godzilla, even though it might be cheesy, even with a good CGI and everything, because he likes it and it's going to be cool looking on the big screen. So I'm willing to throw that money away just to make him happy. Joe thinks I should wait and watch it on HBO Max, but the big TV just doesn't do it justice, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think some film, I think some films you have to see. I think that's also in 3D, isn't it? I don't know. I just know that if I mean, we watched the other ones and when I was little, who didn't like King Kong versus Godzilla? Not unless they want to cancel King Kong out. I mean, I'm sure he'll be, you know, considered not foyable after a while. We're <laughs> Godzilla. Well, that I, I mean, I think King Kong versus Godzilla, isn't that the BLM going against the liberal um, Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. What are you up to, Jesse? <laughs> oh, well, um, mostly just school. I applied for a scholarship today, uh, sent it into the school, and I've just really been catching up on a bunch of uh, schoolwork. And it's close to midterm, so it's got it's been really heavy, a heavy load lately. So, yeah, just crazy. Using crazy that stuff. brain. <laughs> You're just not, you're just not a pretty yeah. thing to look at anymore. You've got a mind. We can appreciate Jesse for his mind now. <laughs> and not just think of him as eye candy. <laughs> oh, geez, please. <laughs> um, let's see, with myself, um, just work mainly. I've um, got um, two weeks off coming up. So I've got one more week of work. So yay, yay. finally. And um, I've been, I watched the Netflix series, um, Behind Her Eyes, which is interesting. I haven't it's seen a, it yet. I haven't um, seen that yet. What is um, that? It, it's a English um, series. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a, um, it builds and builds and builds. And the last two episodes, I mean, the last episode is bloody fantastic. It just twists and twists and twists and the, the twists. A and lot turns. of the horror forums on Facebook are suggesting it. They said you either love it or you hate it. I haven't seen it yet, but they say mm-hmm. it's a slow burn kind of, I guess. Yeah, it's a slow burn. I mean, to be honest, I mean, it. you probably could do without two episodes in it. They could. Right. cut it down but but it but it's still good. i mean you can watch it you can binge it in one yeah. night i still thing. watch a discovery of witches on shutter i love that it's a great show yeah oh that's my god cute. i can't well, i want to see is it good i, I wanted to see that what? i want to see that for my list discovery, discovery witches. witches oh my god it's it's fantastic i love it yeah. totally love it, that is it on it's netflix very- it's on it's it's a shutter okay. i think it's at amazon prime but it's a shutter original oh okay and in, the, and, and, the, and the UK, it's um Sky. It's a regular premiere here on the on the UK channel here. I love it. Okay, and it's got really good acting, and it's like an intelligent version of witches sort of thing as well. It's done yeah. intelligently. And besides that, I've um, been watching the odds and ends. I'm almost done with Vampire Diaries. I'm in my last season now. So I've actually binge watched that all the way through. Seen, I binge I mean, watched it the first time. And I really got disappointed towards the end of the sixth season and then the seventh season. And then things kind of picked up. I really wasn't happy with the ending, but you'll understand when you get to it. Because, you know, I mean, they they they, they did the other series like, you know, Legacies and the originals is fantastic. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes the originals is better than than Vampire Diaries sometimes because I just I just love Klaus. He's like <laughs> Klaus is a badass. <laughs> He's so evil, but he, but he does it so well. So 
Yeah, I think, I mean, but then I think Vampire Diaries pretty much starts at high school, doesn't it? And then, yeah. goes, and then goes forward. And then, so you're watching these people go to adult. Where year the originals is more, more about. They're not, actually, they were, were in their 20s. Year old, they, were 20s. they were not in their 30s. Now sometimes, in yeah, 30s. between 20s or 30s. They, that, they usually pick actors doing, that age. It's very rare. Well, Summerhalder's doing that, what is oh, it, B on Netflix, and I keep forgetting to start that up again too b wars i think i think think it's only done one season i don't think it's coming back for another one so so but i'm really enjoying it i thought i mean i you know i think as i said in previous episodes i thought it was gonna be crap because i really hate the twilight and i thought i kept telling you it was good Uh, i mean it's keep the edge of your seat the main characters don't end up being main for long they kill people off left right and center so it's like god so you just never know who's going to make it to the end, which I quite is, like, actually. Is there a series? I heard there was a series coming out based off of Anne Rice's um, series. Uh, it's I, I'm tired. I don't remember the name of Interview it. What of is the, that? Of Interview with the Vampire. Popular. Interview with yeah. the Vampire. Yeah. Isn't there a series? Uh, yeah. yeah isn't there's there like a series. Well, the thing is, that, uh, I know that Anne Rice is doing a series and just talk that it might be the vampire one. But there's also talking okay. about not be the vampire one. I'm hoping if they're going to do when they do Mayfair Witches. Yeah. yeah. That book was so much better than the vampire Ooh, ones. That would be cool. Yeah, and it's different too. And it's not exhausting. I've always wanted them to do a really cool. I've, yeah, I, I've always wanted them to do um, a really dark series for the, the East. Is it Eastwick? Witches of Eastwick? Yeah. Instead of like that one movie that they did a long time ago from what the eighties or something, I don't even know the nineties. Well, they also they yeah. did do a TV. Uh, they did do a TV show called um, Witches of Eastwick as well. Yeah, I don't was think it, it did well. I though. don't remember. Uh, it was it was kind of like it was kind of like a soap opery kind of thing. It wasn't. I didn't have the same oomph to it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean. I mean, you know, if they do the vampire thing, fine. But I would personally like to do. I mean, the witching hour was just fantastic. The Mayfair yeah. witches, because the thing is, there are witches, but they were cursed at the same time. Yeah. And so you had all that, and you kept having to go back in time, and they're all incestuous. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like not gonna be for little kids. And... It's gonna be an adult series. <laughs> yeah, so that was very, very good. So, but that would explain why witches are deformed. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I had difficulty with um, the vampire ones is because Anne Rice went on to Lestat and I, he was the most annoying character because he was so full of himself. So it was, you know, it was well, a bit like, it's been like Robinson Crusoe, basically, where, you know, that we did um, last week. Yeah, like, like Robinson this, Crusoe this, I am so bloody wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm great. It's like, oh, I know. By the end of it, yeah. you're like, oh, God, stake Not yourself in the heart. Narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, no, Lestat was narcissistic Jeez. as well, so but besides that, not that much. Um, next week, um, Money Heist um, producers and directors have got a new series coming on Netflix called Sky Rojo, which I'm gonna I'm looking forward to that. So I'm uh, waiting on tender hooks for that. And then the Resident Evil series that's coming out on Netflix as well. Yeah. <gasps> when? Couple weeks. Um, we're expecting it in May. What I. I didn't know it was coming. I thought it was who's like. Gonna, who did they get to do the, the, the lead character in that? Who's the lead? Um, well, there, it, it's Is not it Chris be, Redfield. Yeah, it's going to be Chris Redfield and Wesker and all all the Ooh, characters in this thing. So, and it's um, but they're going to spin it off with a one-off Netflix animated um, animated uh, CGI animated film oh. first. And then it goes into live action. So is it? An- oh, that's interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know, but I, I knew that they were making one. I just didn't realize that it was being released on um, so soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it should be should be on its way. And then of course the boys is um, re- uh, filming now. So oh my god, I can't wait! I cannot get enough of that. Yeah, show. me too. Me too. Me too. So love the boys. I can't sing its praises enough. Well, the people who did The Boys, the same people who did Supernatural. So all the writers and all the people that were involved in Supernatural have now Well, that's why they're the bringing boys. back Jensen Ackles or Ackles, right. or however you pronounce his last yeah, name. Yeah, Jensen Ackles, yeah. So. But aren't they, wait, special, is it, okay, no, the other, um, what the, doing Walker, Texas Ranger. I have not seen the reboot of the series, but uh, he played, oh God, he was uh, Jensen. Oh, the other one. The um, other one. Jared Padalecki. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're redoing, but they I don't know if it's supposed to be a PC Texas Walker Ranger that they're going to put out or if it's because mm. I mean, it's it's just, you know, the border's violent. That's the way it is down here. So I don't know how they're going to sugarcoat well, that. Out of all, I mean, all the shows to reboot, I'm actually surprised they actually decided to reboot that one. I don't. Yeah, I saw him. I just caught the tail end of an interview one day where he was on mm. and he's going to be that. And I mean, yeah, I guess that uh, he got they got their blessing from, you know, the big guy to redo Chuck, the series. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what it's going to be like. I'll probably watch the pilot at least, though. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, and then Dynasty for Dynasty to come on. Yay, I love Dynasty. It's what? Dynasty, the new Dynasty. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my God. I know, but I just miss Alexis Carrington. I just. Yeah, but you should watch the new one. The new one is so much fun. I mean, it's a total piss take of it all. But I mean, but it just goes. And as I have to say, the storylines go really, really quickly. And just to watch it for um, Elizabeth Gillies. She's freaking fantastic. I love her. So on that note, let's talk about Bewitched. And we'll start with episode 25, which is Pleasure O'Reilly. Cretaceous <laughs> neighbor, Pleasure O'Reilly, played by Kip Hamilton, moves in next door to the Stevenses. Samantha doesn't really appreciate um, Pleasure's ignorantly blissful helpless girl demeanor or Darren seemingly fawning over her at her beck and call because of it. Her incredibly jealous boyfriend Thunderbolt Swenson played by Ken Scott mistakenly suspects both Darren and Abner Kravitz of impurities. Gladys. <laughs> I, this, so. one, this one really totally cracked me up. I don't know about y'all. I mean it was just I don't know. I mean what it's just I don't know if maybe because our minds are dirtier in 2021. You know, and I hear, what was her last name? Pleasure, what was her last name? O'Reilly. Her name was, yeah, Pleasure O'Reilly. I mean, that just sounds like a stripper or a hooker name or a porno. Yeah, no, it does. Pleasure O'Reilly. Straight up. The casting couch came to mind as soon as I heard it. But it was such a funny episode, though. But even the way she dresses. Yeah. She's like... You know, da da da, and the only thing that missing was the castles. <laughs> I know, and she's got that swing when she walks, and so she's a beautiful woman, you know. And you knew that, and, and Samantha's so, you know, being so not glib. What's the word? She's tolerant. She knows her. She knows her husband is weak, and he's gonna look, and she forgives him for it anyway. You know, because well, you know, also. It's almost as if Samantha's aware of the fact that Pleasure's kind of an idiot and won't realize that she's being sarcastic to her because the way she interacts with her, like anyone would know she was being sarcastic, but she doesn't because she's such a ditz. Yeah. She's got that. She's got all those trophies. One's like over her legs. And the other got <laughs> when I, when I seen the lips on it, I started to crack up because they were so cheesy. I so know cheesy. it was such it wasn't cheap, but it was a fun episode though, because you even got you yeah. know, Abner, you know, Kravitz in on the the you know, where he's starting to look out the window with Gladys now, you know, because because she was she, she's dropping things all day, apparently, and moving into her home next door to the Stevensons because she probably wants his attention because she's kind of like warm for Darren's form, I'm assuming. And then he finally goes over there. But she, why? But why? <laughs> I don't know. That's Isn't what it was about Darren? Back it then. makes no sense. They're doing well, that again of, with Darren to make. He's it. endearing. That's what it is. And I mean, you know, coming like you know, many. If you know him, ago, I guess. Well, you know, women find that endearing when you know a guy's just besotted like a fool, and you know, you could pretty much get him to do anything. And that's what, you know, is so funny about it. Because I don't think that Pleasure is as stupid as she's acting. She knows exactly what she's doing. And she's playing everybody. I don't care. She's not dumb. And you too, Mrs. Stevens. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, she she's basically, you know, I mean, around this time as well, there's a lot of these sex kitten movies and stuff like that. And, you know, she, she was basically a sex kitten, wasn't she? Yeah. Pleasure O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, if if they if this is if this is if they made this into a movie back in the day, part would have been played by Anne Margaret. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Kitten in heels. Yeah. Well, she was. I don't know. I just think it's funny watching Darren. You know, 
get all whatever, you know, he's all jumbly and bumbly. Flustered. Flustered, you know, and then his wife comes over and she's just looking there with that smug look because she knows what's going on. And he's, you know, he can't really hide it because it's like, I'm weak, I'm weak. You know, I can't help it. I'm looking. And then you got Abner, a poor man gets punched in the face because the football player thinks that he's the one messing with her. What was his name again? <laughs> Thor, Thor. The, what was the name of that football team? Uh, I mean something. I don't even remember either. Something just, really silly. That's going to drive me nuts. I got to look up that that football team. I mean, it, it was a cute episode. I have to sit there and say, though, it's probably, even though it's a fun episode and a cute episode, I have to sit there and say, though, as far as Substance. Samantha kind of does act up. No, she kind of does act out of character in this one. A little bit. Because she kind of just well, I thought like so, too. It was a... Finally. Well, let's face it. It's I, I thought husband. so, too, Women but it's still amusing. Women get territorial. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Oh, yeah, I know. But the thing is, is like, because we've we seen Samantha in situations like this before with Darren. But that and she's always kind of risen above the, it. was uh, the paralegal or whatever. Yeah, there's, the, or, you know, the one who's doing the magazine article. We also had the, uh, the, the pilot episode where Darren's ex-girlfriend there at dinner. And she's always kind of risen slightly above it, where this time she doesn't, she doesn't rise above it, which just makes a really fun episode. If you look, but if you look at her, you kind of think, okay, well, this is kind of out of character. We haven't seen you act like this before. So, but it's a fun little episode. But if you notice, though, the beauty queen does move next door. And like everybody else that comes in and out of their lives, she's never heard from again. You know, I actually think I think that we actually get I think Pleasure O'Reilly. I'm not sure if that character comes back or Pleasure O'Reilly's sister comes into town. Oh, God. I one, can't remember. An, an episode coming up. I yeah, seen I think it's her I sister. Yeah, I don't know if it's. Yeah, it's actually episode 30. Um Oh, really? um, it's called George the Warlock. And while Darren spends time with neighbor Pleasure O'Reilly's sister, Dora, D.D. Oh. Danger o- O'Reilly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we don't get to see Pleasure O'Reilly, but Pleasure O'Reilly's sister comes and lives at Pleasure O'Reilly's house named D.D. Danger, which D. Um, I don't know if that's her bra size. D. That's D. The, for the D.D. Or... Oh, come on. <laughs> people, people had a, a sense of humor back then. It was like that movie, that Piranha. 3D. It was um, that the sequel to Prana in 3D was um, Prana th- 3 Double D. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> that was such a cheesy movie. Um, that was up there with Sharknado. But I love all the Sharknado movies. I don't care. They're just fun to watch. So I haven't seen them. I ha- I can't bring myself to watch them. Oh, they're fun. They're just fun to watch. And there's a lot of stars in them. You'd be surprised who they get roped into being in the Sharknado movies. Uh, Oh, there lot. was there was one of the female people when I in Vegas when I went one time a few years ago. Um, what's her name? She's like one of Tara 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 Reed, I think. She's in Sharknado, isn't she? Uh, I know Tara, you're talking Tara about Reed. Yeah, yeah, she yeah she's in Tara Reed John from the American Pie movie. She's in Sharknado. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, she was in Vegas like at oh, the yeah. uh, doing some kind of like hotel thing with like signings or whatever. Um, they were setting up like the velvet rope as we were leaving or going. I don't remember, but I wasn't aware of Sharknado, so I didn't really care. And I thought it was like a, I don't know, generic actress, so I didn't care. <laughs> a generic actress. Sorry, Tara Reid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was nice though because Samantha, you know, kind of showed her claws a little bit. So she does. She does get jealous, but her husband acts like a total dipshit. You know, men just get around, they get flustered around beautiful women sometimes. And it's kind of funny to watch. I have to admit. But I personally think Samantha's way, way more attractive than Pleasure O'Reilly. That, that's just my my opinion. So I don't understand why Darren would get all hot and flustered and like be tripping on his shoes over Pleasure O'Reilly. She's such a ditz too. I mean, I don't, I don't think stupidity is an attractive trait. So <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> You've been hiding yourself in America then lately, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, this brings us to episode number 26. Driving is the only way to fly. After an argument while he's teaching her to drive, Darren enrolls Samantha in a driving school. The owner, Paul Breyer, assigns his nervous brother-in-law, Harold, played by Paul, and to teach her Samantha gives Harold, Harold a little self-confidence. 
Um, this was actually filmed on February 5th, 1965. And of course, if you are a fan, Paul Lynn does return as Uncle Arthur starting in season two. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so glad. I do not recall when I was younger watching this episode. So it was like fresh completely for me. And I just I love Paul Lynn anyway. And I love him as Uncle Arthur. And this is like, oh, I got all excited. I squealed. Seriously. Scott, because what are you watching? I go, look, it's Paul Lynn. He's on this episode. I've never seen it before. So I, when I seen him, I just kind of squeed a little bit. But he was he was so funny. And so I don't know. He's just I wonder if he ad libbed his lines sometimes because he just seems like one of those off the cuff kind of Robin William kind of people you could work with. You know what I mean? Not like Robin Williams, but same kind of mentality and, and approach to comedy because he's just so funny. I mean, I look at him, I laugh because I know he's funny. He doesn't even really have to say much, you know, and he's eating those large cookies that are supposed to be tranquilizers. And I still don't understand. <laughs> are they Julia needs those? Are they just cookies with tranquilizers baked in the wafers or I mean, what, <laughs> you know, imagine if Julia Hoffman from dark shadows got her hands on those for like Vicky and like everyone in the house, she would totally have her way. Everybody. Oh God. Yeah. Don't even get me going on that. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I got Julia Hoffman, but I, I thought it was an enjoyable episode because let's clear clearly Samantha needs to, you know, I, here we go with the women needing to be independent kind of thing. You know, women for the most part were housewives in the sixties and they, they drove, but a lot of, you know, it just, it just seemed, I don't think I could survive the sixties any more than I could survive medieval England. <laughs> <laughs> knowing what I know. Oh, it, it is a little cringe. Yeah. Darren was a total prick. It's a little cringe. I get a little cringe every once in a while because I just can't imagine, you know, it's like I have to ask for money to get driving lessons. I have to ask for money to do this. I mean, I, I get it. It's a partnership. You know, you stay home and you take care of hearth and home, which I have absolutely. But that doesn't really, that doesn't really seem like a partnership. I mean, he does Sometimes go to work and stuff, acts, but you know. But she does I, eventually straighten him out. I mean, she yeah. does Most of the time, I didn't feel like she... I don't feel like she did that in this episode at all. And that's kind of what frustrated me about the episode um, was that that didn't happen. It was just more about her being nice to, um, I forget Paul Lynn's character's Harold, name in this episode. Harold. What was it? Harold. Harold. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, it was just about kind of like being nice to him and getting him his job back, even though he was a bad driver but she did somehow and that was that's one of the traits that samantha always brings to the show she like has this she instills confidence in the characters in the show which i think is an well, endearing feels, trait of samantha's character kindness you know that you don't yeah see in a lot of characters which is yeah exactly I mean, and darren needs that i was totally annoyed in the beginning when she was you know trying to figure out how to drive and darren just didn't have the patience for it <laughs> um so guys yeah, don't I, have patience I guess, for some shit they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just uh, acts like it's super obvious. I think, oh, I mean, uh, I like this episode and I found it cute, but I have something to say that it's it's a weird episode, though, because the thing is, if you're a fan of Bewitched, you know that, you know, he becomes, he, he's Uncle Arthur, isn't he? So when right. you see him in a role that's not Uncle Arthur, oh, yeah, yeah. and the thing is, I mean, I love Paul Lynn, and even when he filmed Bye Bye Birdie and yeah. Hollywood Squares or whatever he did, I mean, basically, he didn't have a large acting <laughs> role, did he? I mean, as far as he pretty much had one way of acting, and he did that for everything, sort of thing. So it's kind of like, so it's kind of like watching. No, Uncle that's Arthur, true. That's true. Uncle Arthur, be, but that, so I love it like, now. I love. Oh, I do love him. I found it really funny. Even for Charlotte's Web, yeah. Even for Charlotte's Web, you recognize his voice instantly as the rat. And, and Dora actually yes. plays the goose in Charlotte's Web as well. So it's like this weird little reunion. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Is, but it is very weird to see see him like not playing Uncle Arthur and Bewitched. So, so you're kind of like, you're watching it and it's like, he's really funny because he does that really nervous thing very, very, yeah. easy, very, very well. And he, he, that's what he's probably really excels at. But at the same time, you're thinking of going, you keep thinking it's Uncle Arthur. A mortal Uncle Arthur is kind of weird. 
Well, he does do the nervous thing and, you know, he thinks he's going nuts because she's supposed to parallel park the car and she just moves it in sideways. He's like, just <laughs> <laughs> like, totally screwed. That was him, hysterical. You know? <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what to think. And then he leaves his car there, you know, and then, so they have to go back, of course, get it back because we get his job because he's a lousy whatever. But then, but don't, but, but doesn't in the end, a lot of people are, are going to take driving lessons from him. So he does do overcome whatever anxieties he has because oh, yeah. Samantha's nice to him and, and, she, and, and, and his mom and his sister <laughs> <laughs> totally dominate him yeah oh my god he goes, know, there's like, Paul, Paul Lynn always has like people like really weird names like Adelaide <laughs> Adelaide <laughs> <laughs> the way he said it was so funny I mean Adelaide is kind of a funny word funny name too they, they pass, so they pass them around. That. They pass them around, you know, <laughs> like a pipe you get to the family. He gets fired. Then he goes to the next brother or brother-in-law or whatever. And he keeps going to all the family businesses. You know, everybody gets to turn fire in and iron them. You know, so what an existence that's got to be to begin with. I'd be a nervous wreck, too, if I had to deal with the in-laws and the outlaws all the time. Oh, it would be, be so funny to see him as like, I don't know, Aunt Adelaide's hairdresser. Like, she has like a a boutique or like a hairdressing shop and he's the stylist and totally messes up someone's hair that would be a funny episode <laughs> Adelaide, Adelaide. <laughs> Adelaide. he always plays like kind of a mama's boy though doesn't he kind of so, well he's, he's kind of a different true. kind of he's, he's just different you know he kind of stands apart I mean he's not like a typical or atypical actor I mean like he said he just has that one specialty kind of you know yeah. I've never seen him in anything serious. I don't believe. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he'd be able no. to play serious. Even, he's even a, in, I he's a real son genie. of a bitch, though. Even in oh, that's with. what I heard. I don't know for real, but really? that's that. I can that's see it. I can see that actually. I can. He just looks all fuzzy. Uh, I think he has some demons. I can see him being like a snide, bitchy kind of, you know, yeah. thing going bitchy on. Queen. I can totally, bitchy queen. Totally there see you go. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe exactly. back then, that, that you would admit that. I think that would split it It about. was frowned upon. People weren't out, you know. I'd be kind of, a lot of people were frustrated oh. by that. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, he did, he did extremely well playing that kind of character and making a living out of it. And, and I mean, to be honest, I think his, outside of Bewitched, I think his biggest role was Hollywood Squares for all those years. Yeah. He was always the center, the center square. Center square. And he was very good at ab-living. You know, you yeah. get you get you threw something at him and he volley it back. And to be honest, sometimes he volley it back and there's that mean twist to it as well. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And you could always tell who he didn't get on with on the squares as well, because you like you kinda like do this kind of like this side sarcastic bitchy comment about them. <laughs> Which made him lovable. I mean the the great thing about him is like if you go on to YouTube and put Paul in Hollywood Squares and he and you'll see his best moments and they're really funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had he always threw some zingers, you know. But I, 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 I kind of assumed he might have ad libbed even as Uncle Arthur because I think he was one of those people that get rolling sometimes. He's also king of the double entendre, though, isn't there? There's always slightly smutty underneath everything he's saying as well. A little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit sexual, sexual so. innuendo. But I thought it was a cute episode. Like I said, it was it was typical of the time, probably, for women to take driving lessons, for one. And, you know, it's like, God, they used to come to your door and pick you up. I, I mean, things were just so different. They don't do that anymore. I mean, everybody's got yeah. a background no. check and an FBI background check. Doctors used to make house calls. You know, I mean, you just you just don't call up somebody. Hey, I need a driving lesson. You can't do that anymore. Things have changed in the last 50 years. I had to then say, though, um, to further what Jesse said about Darren teaching Samantha to drive, I had to sit there and say that when you're in a relationship, the person you're in a relationship with is the worst person to teach you to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, been like, it's true. It's totally true. It's been like when I was learning Spanish, um, Isaac was helping me and got to the point of like, you need to stop helping me because you're irritating the hell out of me. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like I'd be really proud and I'm trying to pronounce something. And he's like, that sort of thing. And I remember um, an ex teaching me how to um, drive. And I was just getting on my nerves. It's like, I'm better off. Give me, give me a stranger. Stranger is always yeah. better. Well, even like with friends, like I, me, I got um, 
two different jobs I had working with friends and then my brother and it totally caused like a huge rift that lasted for way too long in our friendship our relationships um and so I just wouldn't recommend that you need space from family from businesses to respect man. those boundaries family businesses to just yeah <laughs> trust me I'm half Italian <laughs> yeah but you know you know the thing is though I think what it is is that because if, it's, if a stranger's teaching you something you're a bit more open to it but if it's someone that you know any little bit of criticism they say to you you just take oh, it yeah. personally don't you to one person because both people have bias another person it's a boulder you've just lobbed you know yeah (laughs) Yeah, because and i think it's because both people have bias you have bias towards what they might say or how they view you and they also have a bias towards you and they can't necessarily neither one of you is usually objective but a stranger can usually come in and have like an objective unbiased perspective That too. So you probably respect someone's unbiased and, you know, a more objective uh, view, I guess. Right, right. I mean, I guess uh, there's one um, game I used to play on Xbox called um, Left 4 Dead. And Left 4 Dead basically is, you know, you're in a zombie apocalypse, you have four characters. When you play as one of these seven characters, you have to work together to get from point A to point B. And at one time, these three girls came on. And they're and I was playing with them, and they're actually were really good friends. And the, the two girls were teaching this other girl how to play, and it was so funny because you, you know you got your headphones on and you're you know you can hear everyone's conversations and you're talking and they're going, and next thing you know is like you know Sherry to go Sherry don't go running ahead you can't go running ahead you have to sit together and of course the Sherry her character goes running ahead next thing you see is this thing jumping on top of her tearing her and all of a sudden her friend goes that's right Sherry go running off on your own every time you get a boyfriend then what do you do you go running off and forget all your friends and then we have to come and rescue you when they bloody dump you and then you see the characters running after trying to save her and the thing is the whole conversation during this game was this and you could tell what the dynamics of the relationship was but it always kind of reminds me of this kind of like you know where if, if she was you know if she was on her own learning with a bunch of um, strangers she probably wouldn't have got that and then they had like this argument i don't always go running off when i have a boyfriend i try to include you guys no you're running off just like you just did there <laughs> yeah, you make it personal <laughs> that's exactly what happens though oh mm. uh, i had said that was my best gaming experience in my life just playing with those three girls in a relationship so this brings us to episode 27 there's no witch like an old witch when a depressed aunt clara volunteers to babysit for a friend of samantha and darren's her magical tricks with toys and games make her a success and she quickly becomes the most popular caretaker in the neighborhood but after she tells her charges that she is a witch a suspicious mother brings her before a judge for a competency hearing Rita Shaw appears again as Bertha. So, Jesse, what are your her. thoughts of this? I liked this episode. It was nice to to ha- to see that Anna Clara had a little bit more to do. Um, I, I feel like actually Darren and Samantha were more absent, even though it's more of their show. And it was kind of exclusively Anna Clara's episode, which was kind of interesting because right. usually she's kind of just there with Darren and Samantha in the house. Um, usually when Darren's parents are over or something and they have to make jokes to cover Aunt Clara admitting that she's a witch to everybody because <laughs> that's just what happens. Oh, she's just old. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, at first when I saw that little kid, I did think it was that same guy, that same little kid from uh, the Christmas episode, the one that Samantha took to the North Pole. I always forget what that little kid's name is, but he's in so many different things. Bill, I think really good actor. Billy Mummy. Billy Mummy from... Something, yeah, yeah, Space. yeah. I'm honestly not sure how I could forget a name like that because that's such an interesting name. But uh, I thought it was a fun episode. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that so far. I love this episode. Mm-hmm, me too. I, um, I knew you would. I, when I saw it, I knew it would be your favorite. You know, the thing is, is like, you know, first of all, a girl can never wear enough blue eyeshadow. No. And we get, and we get eyeshadow up the wazoo <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> We're called Andorra oh, and, um, and Aunt Clara. No, um, but I, you know, another thing I like about this episode is that you also see, and the thing is, I think that 
you know, Elizabeth Montgomery and Dick York loved Mary and Lauren. Yeah. Because you see the love that they have for Aunt Claire. Oh, you can tell. It It was such an endearing episode. That's the only word I got for it. Endearing. Because look, you see, you can see um, uh, Dick York's being, you know, when he's doing his scene with her and helping her get into the car. And you could tell he just genuinely likes her. He can't stand Endora or Serena or the rest of the people that come into the picture. But he loves Aunt Clara. And that's why I thought it was so endearing, this episode. I mean, I don't remember seeing this one either. I mean, some of these I haven't seen before. So, I mean, it's really cool to see these, you know, with fresh eyes for a change. So I like it a lot. And She's such thing a I, sweetie. And I, what I like about the Aunt Clara episodes is that there's always a lot of heart in it. Yeah. There's always so much heart in it. But they also, I like the simple fact that the message is giving is like, all people are not to be thrown away. No. And no. I, that's, the, that's the typical message. And... And I, and I like that. And the thing is, is that, you know, and another thing is that, you know, especially like when they're in front of the judge and, uh, and she asked, you know, she's at this competency hearing. And, you know, the thing is you got, you know, Samantha behind her, like, oh no, she's, you know, on tender hooks, like, oh my God, they're going to lock her away. But, you know, Aunt Clara just being Aunt Clara just wins everyone over. Well, she's so kind. And the thing is, you know, as you get older, you know, even I forget what I've walked into the room for lately. I was sitting there thinking the other day, I go, I keep seeing these ads for Prevagen. (laughs) I'm half tempted to start buying it because I mean, I'll literally walk in. Oh my goodness. I'm serious. I I get, I, I get forgetful. It must be all that pot I smoked in college, but um, I mean, you just, it's so easy to forget (laughs) what you're in the room for, you know, and she's just so, it because older people do get like that and and you have to love on them i love old people you Mm -hmm. know i just think i love their stories i love what they represent i love their history you know my grandfather was alive he was from rome you know and he came here as a young boy he was 13 when he left but he would tell me stories about everything that happened in his childhood and in rome and the things that he remembers during the world wars and everything. It's just old people have so much to offer everybody. If we just listen to them literally. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like this episode because they are worth, they do have worth, you know? And I love the way that, you know, she's look every time she walks into the room, she's looking at the doorknob. She had oh, yeah, exactly. doorknob collection. Does she not in real life or did she not in real yeah, life? In re- yeah, in real life, she actually did collect doorknobs and they added that as like a little um, unique thing, which I think we would talk about that earlier in previous episodes, how I, I always admired how in the show, they kind of took real life quirks that the actor had and then implemented that as like their witchy thing that they did. Because like Samantha... Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery actually did like twitch her nose when she had to like itch it or whatever and it was like a little thing that she did and then she uh, Mary and Lauren collected doorknobs in real life and I thought it was cool how they implemented those little quirks that each of the actors had as like their their version of their witchy thing that they did or something right and they become like and then, then they're, they're iconic aren't they yes they are yeah and it's so unique it's not something that you would think of but it totally makes sense because even within like magic circles like uh a witch's magic spells or the way that they conduct magic is unique to them like they have to figure out their own way to do it even if you read from a manual or something they have to figure out their own way to do it so it, it kind of works for both of those to make it like a unique fun unique thing but also sticks to that whole like belief system as well so it's kind of cool it's just nice to see Durwood like somebody in the family that belongs to Samantha you know because he just genuinely dislikes everybody. <laughs> wait till Uncle Arthur speaking of Uncle Arthur it's Darren it's you Darren know? But, you know, but you know another thing is that <laughs> but another thing is is that in, there's that one time I mean in a previous episode where Derek had to talk to yeah because his parents are over yes and you could tell that he mm-hmm. felt really really bad about it he didn't you know want to mean? hurt her got, feelings he didn't want to hurt her feelings and that's the thing about aunt claire you never want to hurt her feelings even when you know unfortunately i mean we got about three seasons of aunt clara because the real actress dies in right. the middle of productions of um after like three seasons and then we get yeah Alice it's so sad esmeralda coming in after this but um, oh yeah but the thing about Mary and Lauren, um, the actress who plays Aunt Clara, I mean, we did, of course, we did 
um, strangers on a train and she right. the horrible mother to the killer of that yeah and she was a really good actress i mean she's a fantastic actor. i mean she's always gonna be aunt clara but right. if you do set her in some old films she was a fantastic actress she knew exactly she had she knew how she would have like little quirks and stuff that she would add to her that was such a weird movie strangers on a train the well, book was even more weirder <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of homosexual undertones in that. Oh my but, god! Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and you know, this also comes from this that all the Aunt Clara episodes are all written by the same couple, which I quite I think that's also as well. I thought. It's, well, you can tell the style that somebody has. It's different writing that yeah. you can tell. You know, we've and another thing, another thing, another thing I noticed, you can you can definitely tell. And have you also noticed that there's also been. Um, some story carry on, carry through as well. And next, and next, and next episode, we get a little bit more story carry on where basically it's like, normally we get an episode and then they just, everything's forgotten about. And then the next episode we're here, we got, you know, Aunt yeah. Clara's story is continuing. So you could actually take all the Aunt Clara episodes so far and put them together and have like a decent movie sort of thing. That's true. So, so they've done that with her. Oh yeah, um, it is true. And that's totally, I yeah, just think it's great. That's not how common she- for, for a sitcom. She wins over the judge in the end because you think, oh, not that they were going to arrest her or do anything to her, but they thought she was too much of a crackpot, I guess, to be, you know, being around children. And she loves little children. And basically all she was doing when she was babysitting is doing little parlor tricks for them and whatnot. And it was just so great to see her win over the judge in the end with just honesty. And she's just a sweet little old lady. It's just like, I just love her in this episode. It's great. I mean, can you imagine if she's your babysitter and it's like, and she gives you that great big pillow? Oh, I know. It's like, oh, hell yeah. It's like, I want babysitters like that. The kids adored her. She was like Mary Poppins, you know? Well, we need to talk about that bitchy mother, that horrible mother. Oh, yeah, that care. I mean, God forbid, if she's so so obsessed about her children, she might want to fix her children's teeth. They're like the worst teeth ever. Like I've never seen, I mean, there are so many spaces between each teeth that you can sit there and use use their, um, use their mouth for a place to store your bikes. (laughs) But both kids had really, but both kids had really, I mean, like the weirdest mouths ever. Well, back then they, I don't know, they used to pull baby teeth sometimes. Yeah. But you know, it's very rare that on TV that you would see two, two kids in the same scene with the bad the bad i'm gonna have to go back and pay closer attention because i was not focusing on their teeth it, it was it's basically like um you know you know like when you have that mad scientist and they put those weird teeth in like jerry lewis would go you know when jerry lewis is playing like the right nutty professor and you put the weird teeth in those kids right. had those teeth but they were just normal for them so and i thought oh how weird weird teeth <laughs> So this brings us to um, episode 28, Open the Door Witchcraft. Samantha uses her powers to open her garage door as Gladys is watching from across the street. Darren and Samantha buy an electric garage door to avoid further suspicions from Gladys, but unseen mortal technology causes additional problems and suspicions. So what did you think about this one, Jesse? Um, this might have been my favorite episode, maybe trying to remember yeah um i thought it was really good yeah i thought i thought it was really fun uh that's all i i know of i I can't think of anything to say about the garage door yeah it was a good episode yeah i thought it was funny i mean because for the first time samantha's not really using witchcraft and you got a plane that's hooked up to the same frequency flying over the house keeps opening and shutting the garage because they they sequentially did not hook it up properly I don't I mean, and then you see Abner getting more involved, mm. but I mean, there wasn't yeah. a lot of madcap to it like it normally is, except when they got locked in the garage together because she was getting mad at him because he always doubts her, says, you've been doing this with her nose thing. You know, he grabs, you know, that does yeah. that. Yeah. So I think it's, a, I think it's obnoxious. Darren, she always puts him in his place, yeah. but. He doesn't ever believe her. And you would think that after all this time, she always comes clean if she's done something. Yeah. And he was not giving her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me about Darren. Yeah. That's what frustrates me about Darren. Darren, Specifically, is that (laughs) I am because he never trusts her. He has no reason at all to 
you think that she's lying or being dishonest, but he always does. When something goes wrong, he automatically blames her or her or mother Adora. for something, which <laughs> blaming Adora makes a little bit Adora. of sense. But blaming Samantha for like a mishap or something bad, I just, I think that's a little over well, the you top. Have and to Darren have continues to do it. Like he never learned. Well, you have to have some kind of protagonist or antagonist going on to get the story going, you know. I guess, but I mean... It, but it's sad that it has to be Darren all the time because then Darren sometimes looks like the bad guy, which if they had other characters and if Samantha were able to venture outside the house, maybe some of that heat could have been taken off of Darren but because she was always the housewife, always at home, always going grocery shopping. But she was very restricted into what she was able to do. So I think that's why Darren oftentimes, unless they bring on a character for an episode, Darren is usually kind of, the protagonist which is kind of strange well, that, i mean because they should be a team then, working together on this women side. did take care of the home it's women true i get it i know i mean i have to, i mean the no thing i is, totally uh, get that yeah i have to say though that darren doesn't really go off the handle too much here no. I, you know like like when um you know the thing is she does the door thing she gets caught by you know let's face it it's like you know so Samantha does that little kid who's just been caught by the neighbors doing something that she shouldn't be doing. And, you know, and Darren doesn't go over. They go, you know, Darren's like, fine, we'll just have to buy, you know, he's like, we'll just have to buy, I'm going to have to forget my fishing equipment for my trip. And we'll, we'll have to buy this instead. And he doesn't really lose it with her. So I'd sit there and say that. And then you cut, then you got the, you know, then you had the situation and Dora pops in and she goes, mom, was it you? And she says, no. But I, I mean, the best the best line is from Andorra in this whole thing is what that 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 has to be the best scene for me is when um she goes oh what's Darwin done now and Samantha tells the story she goes oh what a dull story she goes she goes what a dull short story <laughs> but, <laughs> you know so you get you get a little bit of Andorra in there so that that's always a plus and then you get um and then you get you know then you get your Glad- Gladys and Abner and you get a little bit more of Abner than we normally see sort of thing. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I liked this episode, but it, it, but it was more of one of the more subdued episodes, I would have it to say. It was very but, subdued. You know. I, I still he, say, yeah, that's, it wasn't, I mean, the, the first, the, yeah, the, the endearing episode. I like it when there's a little more action. I have to say subdued is probably a good adjective for this mm-hmm. episode. It wasn't outstandingly great. But it wasn't. It didn't suck either. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, it's just it's, it's one of those filler episodes because they do have those from time to time, right? well, or they have just you know, like life. a filler episode. Life in the, the day, I guess. You that know? too. Life, life yeah. in the suburbs. But we did, we did get some more carry on. You know, we we got an episode. You know, the first episode we covers Samantha learning to drive. Now Samantha's driving. That's true. Samantha's driving. Pleasure is still not next door yet. We totally, totally forgot about all the neighbors except for the Kravitzes who want to see about the getting a garage door themselves because it just opens and closes and opens. And closes. Then they're just standing there when the garage door opens. I wish they're I, dummies. <laughs> I mean, does anybody not know that I wish they're always were, constantly would be more... looking in their window, standing on that stoop, looking in their window? They're always at that. They're the Stevens's window. <laughs> it's not not like she's like peering through the window she's actually standing on something now to look in the window i mean she is the business biggest busybody ever what were you saying i I found out what i also like about this episode is that samantha does what i do in an argument in a relationship it's like you know when someone goes i don't want you to do that again and then and then you have to do what they told you not to do again and i'll refuse to do it it's like fine you told me not to do it again it's up to you Pardon, yeah, we'll be, exactly. stuck, we'll be stuck here, and I, I kind of, I kind of associate with that because I do stuff like that. It's like Keith, how dare you do that? I never want you to do that again. And then the opportunity comes that I had need to do that, and I'd be like, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, we'll just be stuck in this situation until that until that person has to figure out how to get themselves out of that situation because I won't help them. I'm like, fine. Right. You, told, you told me not to comment on it. I'm not commenting on it. I don't care what happens. I do my, I do that little thing that Samantha does, and I quite like that. You know, I mean, as far as, um, I mean, as far as, you know, technology is concerned, I'm not sure if an airplane flying over would have the same kind of radio waves to open and close. Well, things it. were, I mean, they got the idea from somewhere, I guess. 
You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you just never know. It's sort of like, yeah. like walkie talkies. Remember back in the day and you had to run around with walkie talkies and we were kids, the big ones. But you would pick up truckers on Interstate 81 sometimes coming through. Yeah. You, you know, that do, was yeah. the big deal. It's like, oh, my God, there's a trucker on here. It's like, But you know something? It's not the it's not the most secure kind of garage door to have, though, because the thing yeah. is, is like they, she has the button, which looks like one of the old old TV remote button thing right. that used to do that changed channels back in back in the day. Um, but then it's like and then you go out and then you close the door. Or you can open the door using the button on the, in front of the door. So basically, it's like, does that mean anyone can push that button and like steal your stuff out of your garage? Right. <laughs> it's like, like our garage lock? door, we got exactly. a lock on it and, you know, it locks and we got a thing you pull on it over here so no one can get in. Here you just push the button and it just goes up or down sort of yeah. thing outside. Right, right next to the door as well. So you don't have to look for it. I know it's just there. Yeah, there's no way to lock it, really. I mean, they must have had a locking mechanism, but they didn't really have the the combination kind of thing going on back then in '67. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know about anything about garage door openers in those days. I mean, it was a new, it was a newfangled thing. This is new technology at the time. But I did think that if it was realistic, and that's you know, yeah, okay, yeah, you don't have to get out of your car. You open your garage and then you kind of go in. But then I guess this is before you used to lock your houses, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> At night. Well, remember when we were kids, we used to leave the doors open, you know, when we yeah. were younger. You can't yeah, do that in Watertown yeah. anymore. Hell no. You can, but you know, can't do that anywhere anymore. Well, you know, you can. We just got to hope that the person that breaks into your house doesn't watch a, pee -pee, a Pepe Le Pew and want to rape you. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> or smoke all of your meth. So this brings us to our part of the episode where we talk about our favorite character and our least favorite character for these episodes. And let's start with Vicky, because Vicky loves this segment. I have to say it's going to be um Aunt Clara, the Aunt Clara episode out of this whole block because I just thought it was really sweet and endearing and oh, it was yeah. kind of and when, and it's just kind of nice knowing that when you're old, somebody's going to, you know, find worth and value in you as a human being. And that's what she was really looking for. She was kind of getting lonely and her feeling kind of useless and nothing she could do. And then she found something that she was really good at. She was really good with children. So I thought it was it was a great episode. And I love Aunt Clara in this. She just could do no wrong in this episode. And your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite. I thought yes. you <laughs> Space be out. I need my least favorite character or episode. No, it, least favorite character. Character. Oh God, it's always like it have to be the uh, Paul Lynn's brother-in-law. Yeah, he was such a crass individual for his short time. You know, being the boss or whatever. And he was, you know, he was crass. He didn't. Have, he was probably a great little character actor in his own right, but as far as you know. Probably not my favorite character in this block. That would have to be him. And by yourself, um, Jesse, who's your favorite and least favorite character? I guess my favorite character is maybe Samantha. I don't know. And my least favorite, I think, is probably Pleasure, to be honest. I mean, I thought the episode was funny, but she's so obnoxious. I just I kind of want to like take a paddle and like, either hit her in the head with it and like say hey get some brain cells you need them because she's just so either she's really dumb or just really really manipulative or something like i was so confused when she was on the ground and she knew she was not unconscious but she was still laying on the ground as if she was unconscious and then admitted that and i'm like i don't understand like are you stupid like what's going on making a but point for samantha's it, like, old man that's so what's going not, on but she admitted it to both of them. So how is that manipulation? Like manipulation usually is deceptive and you're doing things undercover and secretly, but she's just so dumb. And she revealed like her own tactic. I don't know. I, it was hard to make of what she, well, what, what she was all about. Mm, and, who, and what was your favorite character? My favorite character was Samantha. I just, I don't know. I think she does a really good job of, uh, you know, bringing those enduring traits and, you know, all this and other stuff and carrying the role or just handling situations really well. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, 
I wish I could handle situations as well as she did. Like when it comes to conflict or arguments, just be able to handle them and, and let them have, you know, their way, even though you know that you're right, just let them make their own mistakes and, you know, in their own way, let them see that they're wrong, like later on down the line. But I, I just, I'm not, the, I'm not so good with that sort of thing. So now my favorite character, yeah, it's, um, Aunt Kara, of course, because I, I just, my heart just goes out to her. And every time I see her, I'm just so happy. It's like if she pops up in an episode, I'm I know just she just makes you happy looking at her. You know, it's just, she's but I'm going to get honorary mention to Rita Shaw as Bertha. I love her. I don't, she's you know. great. She is. She's an excellent character actress. And I kind of wish that they would actually give a whole, I could actually do with a whole episode with her in it, just her at yeah. some point. I, I wish they would show the witch, her witch family more because I would like to see more of them too. Um, you you always see like more of the mortals, the more boring, mundane people on this show. But sometimes it would be nice to have more of the witchy stuff going on. Yeah, more, you know, more like Bertha and you know, those kind of characters. Mm-hmm. And the other one that the last time we saw Bertha, there was another witch that was there as well, the one who like was with a T. You know, I can't remember her name, but, but she was like an old actress. Yeah, like, I don't remember her name. Well. I, I, I don't remember either. Yeah. So. And then, and then you, I, you least... do get um, a character. Uh... Oh, sorry. You do get um, an actress that's from Mary Poppins and there, which is totally fitting. I forget what her name is. Um, what, she's she's the redheaded one. The redheaded one. What's her name? She was one of the maids in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rita Shaw was in Mary Poppins as well. Bertha was. Yeah, isn't that crazy? They were both in Mary Poppins. He was in a lot of stuff, actually. Both playing... Yeah. Well, Rhea Shaw was also in a musical called The Pajama Game with Doris Day, but she also did it on Broadway as well. And she's fantastic. It's like, if you if you ever get a chance to listen to the soundtrack of the movie production of it, cause and listen to her, so I'll never get I'll never get tired again, or I'll never, you know. And when she just starts, when she just goes, she just does her lines and she sings, and she it's just like, oh my god, it's really shy. You get so excited, so she's fantastic. My least favorite character has to be um, Paul Lynn's brother. I think it's just because it's kind of like, but then again, it's got like three. You got three lines, and you have to like throw your character across. So I guess it's kind of like, it was, I mean, it was a whole, but I had to pick a. Uh, least character one. So now we're to the segment where we pick our favorite episode and our least favorite episode. Starting with you, Jesse. What's your favorite episode and least favorite episode? I don't know. This one is harder for me to pick like a favorite episode. Um, Maybe, um, let me see. What was the first one we covered again? Pleasure, O'Reilly. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't really like that one. It was a fun. It was a fun episode, but it wasn't my favorite. Maybe I might have liked um, maybe the driving episode or or the Aunt Clara one. One of those two. I'll just I'll put a tie to both of those because I don't I can't really pick one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what about you? So, Fix, what was your favorite episode and your least favorite episode? Uh, I'd have to go with uh, the the Aunt Clara episode. I really enjoyed that one a lot because it was a little heartwarming, and I think that that was one of those days where I needed a, like you know macaroni and cheese and comfort food. It was a comfort day when I watched that. So I, I, I like watching things like that that are endearing every once in a while. It's a nice break from, you know, my slasher flicks where people are getting ears and body parts cut off with chainsaws. So it was refreshing. <laughs> and I'd have to say, I don't know if it was driving or was it which, which, um, no, which, like the old witch. No, that was the one I like. Oh, driving is the only way to fly. Or maybe it was open the open door witchcraft. It's probably my least um, favorite. Open the door witchcraft. Yeah, I liked it, but I mean, out of all of them, I, I would I would say that it was my least favorite of all of them. There really wasn't any specific reason other than it was what's the word you said subdued. It was kind of a subdued. Uh, yeah. You know, usually this is a little more uh, light light and engaging, and this one wasn't that engaging. I guess is the word I want to use. I guess my least favorite is probably Open the Door Witchcraft. I like, I, I did like, you know, the interplay with um, Samantha and Darren, but you kind of get this buildup of Gladys at the beginning going through the glass glass door. And you think, oh, this is going to be a fun episode, but they kind of kind of peter out by the end of the episode. And, it's, and it becomes about the relationship stuck in the car. And I mean, it, it's, 
Yeah. It's fine, but it's like, you know, but I probably won't remember it like, you know, a year from now when we're discussing what, whatever episodes we're on, it probably is not right. going to be forefront exactly. of my mind. And my favorite, it's got to be There's No Witch Like an Old Witch because I do love, I love the humor. I love the melancholiness of it. And I love the emotion that goes behind yeah. it. And then when Aunt Clara explains herself, you get that kind of music to play. I know. Yeah. It was just like, oh, it's so heartwarming. Yeah. I and, and, I feel like that. And he, but he, but but even like at the close of it, when they said they're you know Darren's going to drive her to the train station, you know? yeah, she has, her, she, has, she has her thing where she bounces into the wall. Obviously, you know her witchcraft is not going there, but Darren's going to take care of her. It doesn't matter, and it's nice to see that he Darren actually sem- likes somebody. You know, even when even when she um, passes that hors d'oeuvre and hits him in the face, you know he's fine about it, sort of thing. So, and then she's like, you know, and just the way she does her character and there's. Yeah, I, you know, I shudder. If there's a person out there that doesn't like Aunt Clara, I think that they should be on death row. Exactly. How do you not like Aunt Clara? (laughs) There's just no way. So that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast, episode of Bewitch, episodes 25 through 28. Next week, we'll be doing, uh, next week, next month, we'll be doing... Bewitched, episodes 29 to 32. And we're going to get a little bit more follow-through with some of the storylines, which will be quite interesting. And next week is our Nature versus Man, and we'll be covering two Lovecraftian, one actually based on a Lovecraft um, short story, and another one um, having the Lovecraft um, theme through it. And that will be The Beach House from 2019 and The Color Out of Space from 2019. And, of course, we'll be carrying on with our Dark Shadows. And then after that, our classic novels will be Gulliver's Travel by Jonathan (laughs) Swift. And we'll be doing the film, The Three Worlds of Gulliver by Ray Harryhausen, the same guy in the Aeronauts. So what I'll do is I'll bid you all farewell. So farewell for myself. And good night, Jesse. Night, Jess. Good night, folks. Wake up, Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Vic. Night, everybody. And we'll see you next week with Nature vs. Man, The Color of Space, and... After one whole quart of brandy Like a daisy I'm awake With no bromo seltzer handy I don't even shake Men are not a new sensation I've done pretty well, I think But this half-pint imitation Put me on the blink I'm wild again Beguiled again A simpering, whimpering child Bothered and bewildered Am I? Couldn't sleep And wouldn't sleep When love came and told me I shouldn't sleep Bewitched Bothered What of it? He is cold, I agree. He can laugh, but I love it. Although the laugh's on me, I'll sing to him each spring to And long for the day when I'll cling to him, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, am I? He's a fool and don't I know it, 
But a fool can have his charms I'm in love and don't I show it Like a babe in arms Love's the same old sad sensation Lately I've not slept a wink Since this half-pint imitation Put me on the blink I've sinned a lot I mean a lot But I'm like sweet seventeen a lot Bewitched, bothered and bewildered Am I? Sing to him each spring to him and worship the trousers that cling to him. Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, am I? When he talks. Seeking words to get off his chest, horizontally speaking, he's at his very best, vexed again. Perplexed again Thank God I can be oversexed again Bewitched Bothered and bewildered Am I Wise at last My at last are cutting you down to your size at last bewitched bothered and bewildered no more burned a lot but learned a And now you are broke So you earned a lot Bewitched Bothered and bewildered No more Couldn't eat Was dyspeptic Life was so hard to bear Now my heart's antiseptic Since you moved out of there Romance, Finny Your chance, Finny Those ants that invaded my pants, Finny, beware. 